The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo in the Greater Metropolitan Area, 95.8 FM in the Boerland, and of course, audio streaming on www.vocfm.co.za. Monday evening, and of course, as I said, I'll only be here until 11 o'clock, so... This after twelve, uh, after ten. That is not after twelve. After ten, we'll be reading your messages. That's the get one messages as well as your birthday messages or dedication, whatever. You can start sending it on four seven nine one three, but it will only be read as from after ten. However, it's night surgery, and of course, the night surgery program is also sponsored for us. So uh, if we can just get that uh, sponsorship. Uh, can we say plain to let you know who it's from? Then, of course, we can continue. Okay. Well, before we do that, I have with me this evening cardiologist, Dr. Muhammad Shivan Hendricks. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Yusuf. And how are you this evening? Oh, I'm, alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Mashallah. And it's nice to have you back after, well, some time. Some time, yes. It's been a while. So it's been a while. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Dr. Shivan practices at the Gatesville Medical Center as well as the Belleville Malumet. Uh, is that correct? Absolutely. And this evening we are focusing on... Uh, cardiology, that's of course heart problems, and we're going to talk to the cardiologist to let us know exactly what cardiology is all about, and then of course also inviting you, the listeners, to call us because here we have the person that deals with the heart we're not talking about the love side we're talking about the medical side the medical side, so when we talk about the cardiologist, what is cardiology all about? Cardiology is the discipline um, in medicine dealing with issues of uh, the heart. Uh, from a medical point of view, it could deal with anything with respect to heart disease. Mm. Um, and also, uh, patients are being followed up um, with completely normal hearts, completely asymptomatic. They might just be uh, under surveillance right. for cardiac disease. Maybe they're at risk from a family history point of view, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, really got to do with uh, diseases of the heart. Okay. All right. Now, uh, this evening we are talking about heart uh, problems, and you, the listener, you are free to call us on the number 021 442 3530. That's 021 442 3530. If you have any questions uh, for Dr. Siobhan Hendrickson, who is, of course, cardiologist, or otherwise, you can send us your question to 47913. 47913. However, three very important things that you need to put down is the weight, the gender, and of course, what we also need to know is your age. So those are three. Do you also find it to be very important, Dr. Juan? I find that quite important. Also, no. just a brief medical background. I mm-hmm. think that would also be quite important. Of course, and then you put all your other details, the, uh, including the question that you do have for the doctor. Now, uh, let me start off by asking you, Dr. Shwane, when we talk about rheumatic heart disease, we always hear people talking about, I'm talking to medical people, talking about rheumatic heart disease. What are we talking about here? Well, rheumatic uh, heart disease is really a condition involving for 
sim- simple terminology out there, um, valvular heart disease. Uh, it's really a multisystemic condition uh, involving many systems of the body. I'm mm-hmm. trying not to use any big words today right. as, yes. as the uh, usual. It's uh, really a, a condition that's been around for millennia and has largely remained um, sort of, uh, it's largely disappeared in the industrialized countries. Mm. It's largely associated with lower socioeconomic um, conditions and has really got to do with inflammation of the heart, uh, particularly the heart valves. And um, it uh, usually uh, strikes at a young age, mm. uh, usually less than age, lower than 15. Ultimately, inflammation involves the heart muscle including the um, the lining of the heart called the endocardium and it also might involve inflammation around the surface of the heart right there are other organs which can also be affected namely the joints as well as the brain as well and skin mm. so there are certain diagnostic uh, uh, criteria that we use to actually diagnose it but as i mentioned before um, since the since the mid 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 sort of uh, 1900s it's it's become a, a fairly sort of uh, less um, prevalent condition due to the advent of penicillin right and um, and also just improvements in socioeconomic conditions uh-huh. now I mentioned before it's uh, it involves mu- mu- involves multiple organs and the main basis of the uh, disease is that of inflammation and um, I think the details of are not really important but it's uh, got to do initially with the with a throat infection um, by a streptococcus. Uh, no, so now, when you say a throat infection, which it means that if a person should have a throat infection, yeah. it could lead to other things? Yes. Now, and this is where it becomes a little bit complex, and right. this is where we're not going to delve into too much complexity. Mm. However, what we will do is we'll just try to uh, remain as simple as possible. So what happens is when one has a, has a throat infection, and I'm right. using particularly in the case of this particular bacterium, right. Uh, the body produces certain antibodies mm. to this infection, okay, mm. and that then can also target um, t- um, tissues of the of the actual um, body of the person infected, and that uh, these tissues involve the heart and and the other organs, as I mentioned before, mm. and that can actually it's it's, it's almost like a like an autoimmune type uh, reactivity type syndrome where in fact you have inflammation of these organs and right. it's, it's a bystand effect whereby the organs then get inflamed and it with, with time you know, the valve disease gets worse and worse mm. resulting in the conditions that we see coming into our hospital. Mm. Uh, it mainly affects uh, the, the valve called the mitral valve and the aortic valve and these are very important valves on the left side of the heart which can either become too narrow or they could leak mm. uh, leading to problems in the, in the heart muscle mm. Mm. and that can actually lead to heart failure. Let's go to the one that you've mentioned about the, the valve can leak. Uh, you, mm. you hear people talking about a leaking heart. What exactly does it mean when we talk about a valve that leaks or a leaking heart? Well, the heart has four chambers, right. and um, separating these chambers are little valves. Mm-hmm. So ha- blood moves in one direction, moves from the, from the veins into the right side of the heart, into the lungs, from the lungs into the left side of the heart, and then to the rest of the body. So those valves make sure that the blood moves in a, in, in a single direction. Right. Now, once those valves start to leak, uh, essentially there's re- what we call regurgitation, backflow of blood mm. in mm. a direction that is unsuitable right. uh, for the normal physiology. You then get um, blood pooling in the lungs. The person could get short of breath, and there could be chamber dilatation. You know, the, the, or the heart could actually dilate up, and you can get heart failure right. in very simple terms. Right, right. So ultimately, the pressures in the heart are different. They change. And uh, that is as a negative consequence for the patient. Mm. So, the last question on that one with the heart failure. Many times, a person also hears when they talk about heart failure, they also say that uh, I don't know if the two is connected though. 
that uh, the person also suffers from water retention. Can you explain that to mm. us? Often patients talk about uh, water on the lung. Right. And um, in medical terms, that is called pulmonary edema. Right. So when the pressure in the left side of the heart increases to such a level whereby the, let's say, the, you know, the fluid within the blood seeps out into the air spaces within the lung, mm. that, 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 that could impair oxygen exchange at the level of the, of the, of the lung. So, right. so that is, you know, that, that in, in layman's terms would be called water on the lung, pulmonary mm. edema. Mm. And uh, it's a very uncomfortable condition uh, where patients want to cough. They actually bring up white phlegm. They can't lay flat in bed at night. Mm. You might feel th- th- there, may, there may be the condition whereby the pressure is so elevated you know, th- at, the, at the level behind the heart that, in fact, the legs start to swell up, the abdomen can swell up, the mm. tummy can swell up. Right. And, in fact, this is, is all fluid retention that can happen with, um, with left-sided heart disease or right-sided heart disease, for that matter. All right. I don't want to be too complex. Okay. Thanks. All right, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, of course, I have uh, Dr. Shivan, Dr. Muhammad Shivan Hendricks here with me, cardiologist, and I see a few SMSs has come through already, so we're going to look at those as well. But for now, take a nap. Night surgery it is, and I have with me a cardiologist, Dr. Mohammed Shivan Hendrickson, who practices at Gatesville Medical Center, at Gatesville Malumet, as well as Belleville Malumet. And telephone numbers there for the Gatesville 021 637 8218. 021-637-8218 or 9451344 or 48 well as i said i have the doctor here with me and of course i have some questions being posed by you the listener so immediately i'm going to go to those questions for our doctor and it says yeah the first one i have salam uh, doctor what is angina heart and is it dangerous angina heart uh, angina is literally a symptom um, which is uh, described by the patient and it's as a typical description. The description uh, may be either, as I mentioned, typical or it could be atypical. Now, the typical description is that of crushing central type chest discomfort associated with radiation uh, of the pain, which may go down the left arm or even down the right arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may also be radiation to the jaw. And often this pain is associated with uh, with what we call autonomic symptoms, uh, which means uh, it's a fancy word for neuro- nerve-related type symptoms, right. which is sweating, nausea. You might uh, patients may t- might even vomit with respect to um, you know to their presentation. So essentially, it's a it's a typical symptom of chest pain, and usually associated with cardiac um, what we call ischemia, and that is a fancy word for. A, a supply demand imbalance of blood yeah. within the muscle of right, the heart, right, usually right. brought on by a narrowing of the artery to the heart, which is a coronary artery. Okay, all right. What would cause the narrowing? Uh, the narrowing would be caused by typically a blockage um, or a blockage in progress, and that is on the basis of what we call atherosclerosis. Mm-hmm. Atherosclerosis is a, a degenerative condition involving the artery. It is uh, has got multiple. Um, uh, stimulating factors. One of them, them being, it's, uh, it might be you might be have, have had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, might have been a smoker with a family history, 
and essentially what it is at the level of uh, the of the pathology it's a, a thickening of the of the wall of the lining of the of, of the blood vessel where there is accumulation of fatty deposits mm. uh, which might contain calcium uh, super uh, you know uh, on top of it as well including various cells of inflammation and um, different um, uh, patterns of healing which might uh, might include scar formation that then causes narrowing of the artery mm. and um, and and flow disturbance um, and much as you would see on a, in a hose pipe if you were to press your finger onto the shaft of a hose pipe you would then get reduction of flow right. the same thing can happen right. in the pipes of the heart right I'm also here you're mentioning uh, cholesterol is cholesterol one of those uh, things that actually causes heart disease and how does it cause heart disease? Let me put it that way. So it's quite a contentious issue these days, and I prefer just to stick to the um, to the cardiological facts. Hmm. Um, high cholesterol is associated with uh, with with cardiac with coronary artery disease, right. um, and particularly elevated levels of LDL cholesterol. Okay. There are different types of cholesterol. Um, the you know one can measure the serum, the total cholesterol. Uh, it's a combination of of this other subtypes. There's HDL cholesterol, which is high density lipoprotein. Um, essentially, that is that uh, that is actually good for you. It mm. um, shuttles the bad cholesterol back to the liver. So essentially, those that's quite good. And then LDL cholesterol is the bad cholesterol. That's the one that actually collects in these uh, blocks and can cause um, you know problems. All right. Okay. I hear what you're saying, and you say this. It's quite a contentious issue at this moment in time. Um, scientists having difference of opinions. Difference of opinions. Yes. All right. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. Let's leave it there. Uh, who are the people who are prone to cardiac disease? Hmm. A cardiac disease is in our society, particularly industrialized nations, um, hmm. we are people with blood high, high blood pressure, significant family history, uh, hypercholesterolemia, which is high cholesterol. Hmm. Those who smoke, we live a highly stressful lifestyle these days. You know, we've got highly complex lifestyles. Things happen on the moment. We are we have multiple stresses that can also drive coronary disease, and of course, um, and of course, age. Of course, that and, and the male male gender. You know, that can also that is a, se- a postmenopausal state. That's also just stop there for me. The yeah. male gender. Explain yeah. that, please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those over the uh, you know, over the age of fifty. Basically, um, we just it's, it's just a you know it's just a, a it's a risk factor whereby you know, males don't don't usually present uh, in, in a timeless fashion to medical attention when they get ill. They just okay. don't. Females are often more more receptive to their own bodies. They they present early on. Um, males, uh, due to the presence of it of testosterone, there might be some genetic factors. However, they are a little bit more, they, they have more of a riskier lifestyle, perhaps smoking smoking more than females. We have noticed a rise in female smoking in the current era. Um, males tend to tend to have slightly elevated blood pressures. They don't have estrogen floating in their systems, which are which may be cardioprotective. So ultimately, there's multiple factors why, why males may be at higher risk. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. My husband had no heart problems, never sick, just complained one night. His left arm paining, then the next day at work he had a severe heart attack and passed away mm. two months ago, three days before he turned 46 and I'm his weight was 80 kilograms. I'm sorry to hear that. It's, uh, it's becoming such a common entity at the moment where yeah, young males are, you know, they, they've got, they've, they've got, you, they've, they've got mm-hmm. biochemically active muscle, mm. their muscles are, are energetic. 
uh, you suddenly cut off the blood supply and, these, and they, they develop a massive myocardial infarct, which is a, another word for a heart attack. And they, they have these uh, what we call malignant arrhythmias that can arise from that. Mm. And they can suddenly pass away within a, in a, in a, in a split second. Ultimately, and, and, and like a it also depends on, of course, it depends on the location of the heart attack, where it happened. Was it in the main artery? Was it at the mouth of the artery? I mean, uh, the details are not, not really important. Right, right. If it's a smaller artery, even if it's a smaller artery, you can just have a little rhythm, a, a short circuit, what we call it, uh, you know, and, 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 and you can pass away instantly. Mm. So, um, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a common entity, and we're seeing it more and more these days. Okay. And again, not wanting to put you on the spot, but if you say you're seeing it more and more these days, would there be any particular reason why it's happening more and more, more frequently? Well, I can hypothesize, um, based on what I've seen, it must, you know, our, our stressful lifestyle, smoking um, is, a, is a huge factor at the moment, mm. sedentary lifestyles. Um, and it's a multi myriad of reasons, but I would imagine smoking is a massive factor. Mm-hmm. How, how can I put it now? Would medication, certain medications, contribute to heart problems? Certain medications. That C- certain want. medications. What I, what I can say is that illicit substances, drugs, uh, also also widely used in our society. Mm. I mean, that can that can predispose you to uh, heart attacks. Uh, certainly, smoking. Um, high amounts of alcohol intake and consumption. We have a broad audience. Right, see. of course. Uh, they uh, they are also at, at high risk. Although, although mild to moderate consumption is actually protective. Mm. Uh, but that's for another discussion. Um, okay. And then, of course, other uh, other medication which may be f- uh, contributory. I think that's. I think we've we've, we've covered most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, the female, sixty-two years old, seventy kilograms, had heart up a few years ago, on Vesemol. Atlanta and Lusatin and Simvastatin heart beats as if it wants to jump out for one hour or less two to three times per week. Mm. Now, of course, our patients complaining of palpitations. Yeah? Our right. palpitations can be uh, sustained or non-sustained. Uh, the various patterns of palpitations. Is the heart beating regularly? Is it beating fast? Mm. Is it beating slowly? Um, and then, of course, then, then you go, uh, you've got to go around the algorithm and, and see whether it's, it's actually a pathological condition, whether it's actually a disease-related condition, whether it's just the increased sensation of, of our own heartbeat in the chest. Now, it sounds, that, uh, it sounds like these heartbeats uh, beats are, have been fairly incessant mm-hmm. and uh, may, may represent wh- what we call ventricular ectopics, ventricular ex- extrasystoles. Uh, whereby there's just an extra beat that comes uh, that, that comes through. It's a little irritable focus in in one of the chambers of the heart, mm. where the patient then senses it as an extra heartbeat. And um, this is a common presentation to to, to my clinic. And um, you know, often 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 we don't we don't uncover a reason for it. Right. Uh, we do basic tests such as thyroid function tests. We uh, put patients on a treadmill to see if we can induce um, a prolonged or protracted form of this this heartbeat problem. Right. Uh, called ventricular tachycardia. We look for any what we call structural problems within the heart and not to show if she has all those tests. Mm. And often what we do is we try and treat them with certain medications. Our seizures on Vasomol, which is Verapamol. Uh, we use beta blockers, calcium channel blockers that she's on. Mm. And, um, and, of course, uh, and one, so one, of, one of the things that we try to exclude is that there's not a, not, not a problem with the arteries that might be, might be causing this or, might, or is there any problem within the muscle that's causing this such as mm. hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, different muscle conditions, inherent conditions of the muscle. Mm. 
Um, and there might be all uh, be other precipitating factors. Maybe they're taking too much caffeine. Perhaps there's other asthma medications, yeah. Astavent, mm-hmm. Theophylline that they've been taking for other medication, other pro- problems that could be precipitating this. And um, perhaps, you know, right, essentially, in a nutshell, what sure. it's all about. Why would you mention taking too much caffeine? Is caffeine then not so good for a person? Mm-hmm. I think um, mild mild consumption of caffeine is, is actually quite good for you. Yeah. Um, I, I think once you start going to the extremes, uh, then of course, you know, even in moderation is, uh, is, is uh, you know, with, with respect to caffeine, I don't think it's a it's a bad it's a bad thing. Um, uh, multiple studies have been done uh, done on on caffeine, and there've been conflicting results, you know, okay. throughout the years. But a recent article um, published in one of the journals showed that mild consumption of caffeine isn't isn't a bad thing at all. Okay. In fact, it could be quite beneficial. All right, but yeah. That is mildly, yeah, mild consumption. Very, very mild. Yeah. Right. No, when you, I don't one know, or two cups you're not a day. dietitian, but if no. you say mild, I'll say, well, I'll say one or two cups a day. That's it. So I don't go to exceed that. That's it. Okay. Coming from our cardiologist, one or two cups <laughs> per day. I put my day. in a block for that. that <laughs> I love coffee. <laughs> okay. Likewise. <laughs> uh, doctor, can influenza cause cardiac malfunction? Yes, flu. it can. Yes, the flu. Um, what the flu can do is it can cause inflammation of the of the heart muscle, mm-hmm. and um, particularly exercising at around the time of, of an acute uh, attack of, of the flu. I mean, you could what could it could get inflammation of the heart muscle, and that could cause um, heart failure. Um, it could cause a, a massive rise in one of the enzymes associated with the heart, and that is troponin I, CKMB. These are the enzymes that are tested for somebody who's had a heart attack, and it could. Uh, um, I've had, I could, I could tell you at least of about three patients who've, who've, who've come in fairly recently. Mm. Um, young patients who've come in and um, with, with a little bit of chest pain, might have had some inflammation around the heart. And with very high levels of these cardiac enzymes, um, looking like a, like a heart attack. And um, having reviewed the MRIs of these patients, they in fact had frank inflammation of the heart muscle. Right. And um, all, most of them have described this, uh, this viral type illness a couple of weeks before. And uh, interestingly, we just had about we've just had a, a little um, spate of, of swine flu as well, and that's and that's that's been a, we've seen a couple of those cases. Okay, all right. Okay, now, uh, doctor, when we talk about heart problems, can it be hereditary? In other words, can you get it from a family member, mother, father, whatever? Mm, absolutely. Now, it depends on, it, uh, yes, the answer to that question is, yes, you can get it from your family members. It depends on what type of condition. There's a condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. It's an autosomal dominant condition. Uh, when I say autosomal dominant condition, it means that it's got a very strong chance from a genetic point of view of being transmitted to the young, to the offspring. Mm. Um, we could test for that um, on a, you know, just in terms of the history. We could go into do an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart. We can do certain genetic tests if indicated, but um, but from that point of view, you can get hereditary conditions affecting the heart muscle, which mm. can be transmitted. The other conditions that we talk, think think about as being hereditary would be, uh, you know, high cholest- hypercholesterolemia. There are familial types of hypercholesterolemia. Um, there could be a genetic trait in terms of high blood pressure that the you know family members are prone to get, mm-hmm. and um, and of course diabetes. So in our community, it's highly highly prevalent. And I think, of course, the genetic susceptibility with other additional environmental factors, our diet, our levels of activity, could also modify the expression of these genes. Hmm. And uh, we, we, we're learning more about, uh, about genes in, in modern medicine and, 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 and particularly, and, and may perhaps in the future, manipulating those genes in a beneficial way, which, is, which also raises another ethical 
debate as well and it's own for, uh, for, for another day i think uh, for, probably, that's uh, for another day yeah. the ethical part of that okay all right so uh, what we are seeing then is that there are certain things that can actually contribute to a person and one of it would be uh, family history of heart problems yes okay. all right i'm with you on that one salam doctor let me just uh, stop this one from rolling over otherwise we're going to have some serious problems here which i think we have just uh, discovered here so what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask the technician just to go for a quick break while we get our sms back online there you go Mike Surgery it is and I have with me once again our uh, cardiologist, that's Dr. Mohammed Shivan Hendrickson, who, uh, by the way, is also on call, so in between the poor doctor has to take calls from his colleagues uh, back at the hospital, but unfortunately that's how it is. And the doctor practices at Gatesville Medical Center as well as Belleville Medical Center, Gatesville telephone number 021-637-821-8019. 021-637-8218019 or the Belleville 021-945-1344 or 48. 021-945-1344 or 48. All right, uh, Doctor, I'm back with you with the SMS line that is. Salam, Doctor. Can Doctor tell me if some statin tablet can cause the pain in my arm? Only when I sleep, I... Got a health of fetus with the somastatin. My age is 60. Uh, okay. What oh, is no, no, I, I think it uh, should be something half. Uh, okay. I think it's one word that's uh, supposed to be two words. Let me just decipher this. I got half. Probably half a farmer press. Farmer press, yeah. It looks like farmer press together. There you go. Half farmer press. But, Marv, it was one word, so that was a funny. Not a problem. Um, Yes. Medical training. <laughs> okay. One of one yeah. of the one of the effects of simvastatin right. uh, would be that of what we call myalgia, and uh, sometimes in the severe cases even myositis. But uh, in turn, that, that's why we recommend taking the medication at night. Mm -hmm. Now there's a, very, there's a spectrum of severity of this. Some people just described a little bit of exercise-induced pain in the muscles, and they can in fact live with it. It's not functionally limiting. Um, often it can be quite severe where we in fact need to either decrease the dose of the simvastatin uh -huh. we do certain uh, chemical measurements in the blood we do a CK level as well as which is a which is one of the enzymes in the muscle that we measure to see if there's any, been any frank damage uh, there are certain criteria that we use um, in order to guide our decisions whether to stop it or continue the medication and uh, we also do what we call ALT measurements we also measure the liver function tests because of course statins can also have an effect on the liver as well Okay. And now the uh, the po possible treatments options that we have at our disposal is to reduce the dose of the statin. Uh, what we could also do is, do is, is change the uh, change the change the statin to a different type of statin. Mm. I mean, simvastatin might be changed to perhaps a torvastatin, uh, which may be cha changed then to a resuvastatin. Okay. Be di different agents. Right. And then the other option would be to add uh, something called coenzyme Q10, which is. Uh, uh, there's, be, there's, there's no randomized controlled trials out on it, but uh, you know from observational data, I mean, patients feel a bit better. So ultimately, they that could uh, replenish some of the enzymes, and they could uh, feel slightly better on it. So there's Cardiomax, there's a few other types of tablets that you could take to actually improve it. Coenzyme. So it doesn't have to be simvastatin all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
I yeah, hear what you're uh, saying. Yeah, so simvastatin, simvastatin, it's just one, it's a, it's a type of statin. Right. That, uh, that, that, that is uh, often associated with myalgia. But it's a very good medication. I don't think that you should, they should just stop it independently. Always right. discuss it with your GP first. Okay. Salam, doctor. What is the link between Hashimoto's uh, th- uh, thyroiditis and your heart? Always get heavy palpitations. Mm. Uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is, in fact, an inflammatory condition involving the thyroid. It's, a, it's almost like an autoimmune type uh, condition. Um, characterized by different um, d- diff- different features, um, often they get a hard, woody type of thyroid. Mm-hmm. It is, um, it, it, you know, often you get spillover of the spillover of the thyroid hormone into the system, where patients often get uh, what we call hyperthyroid. And uh, what that, what happens is with, uh, with thyroid hormone that modulates your 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 met- metabolic rate and uh, regulates that rate. And often when you have high thyroid hormone, your heart rate can go faster. You can feel a bit more sweaty. You lose weight can feel anxious, very tremulous, right. and, um, and of course it can cause cardiac excitability, can cause you to get palpitations, palpitations because it right. increases your, the, the fight or flight response, you know, right. sympathetic nervous system, right. uh, um, and then you actually get this fast heartbeat, mm. and that's one of, the, one of the, the features that we look at for someone who comes in with, with unexplained fast heart rhythms and that sort of thing. So Hashimoto's thyroid is a subtype of, um, of thyroid disease, and, um, it, and, and, and I, I hope this patient's getting adequate treatment for that. Inshallah. Let me ask you, uh, what would be an acceptable heart rate for an adult? Yeah, I, would, I would say anything between, between 60 and normal heart rates between 60 and I would say you know, it should be under 100. Under 100 mm. beats per minute? Yeah. Okay. With you. All right. Let's go to our next uh, question here. A female, 60 years old, 72 kilograms, heart up five years ago. What is the burning sensation in the left arm above the, el- uh, above the elbow? Above the elbow. Mm. Um, there are multiple, multiple sort of organs involving that area. Is, it, is, the, is the pain radiating from any? Is it coming from the chest? Is it coming from the shoulder? We actually don't know that kind of information. So mm. we'll just go do a whole, a whole diagnostic uh, assessment on there. So it could be coming from the bone. Uh, I'm not too sure if there's any history of breast cancer, any history of ma- ma- malignancy, etc. But always the bone we always think about. Mm. There could be joint involvement in terms of the shoulder joint. Uh, there are different types of ligaments and, and, and tendons over there. Um, there's, there's, there's commonly the rotator cuff syndrome, overuse. It could cause strain in those areas. Um, there's also something called adhesive capsulitis. And Prof. Kala, I think, will be more adapted to answer those particular questions around the joints. And of course, muscle muscle strain as well also mm. fairly important. Then of course, the arm it might, pain might actually be completely um, distant from that area. It might be completely distant in terms of radiating from the chest from a cardiac problem, or right. it could be coming from a problem in the neck as well, cervical okay. spondylosis, inflammation of the of the joints around the neck there, which could be you know due to little arthritic changes, arthritis, mm. and then uh, pain going down by the nerve roots affecting mm. the that area over there. So over the deltoid area. Um, this is just the, the, the tip of your shoulder over there that you could get pain radiating from there from specific neck related problems. So yeah. what I hear you saying is this person needs a thorough examination. I think it, um, because he's booking a immediate point with a GP. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Salam, a female, 43 years old, weighs 50 kilograms. I don't have any illness, alhamdulillah, but I have a concern. Recently I got this pain in my left arm. Sometimes jaw feels funny. A uh, slight sting in the heart. Is there any major concern? Hmm. I think with that pain complex, as we spoke about early on in the beginning of the show, um, the typical features of angina um, hmm. with respect to that definition, I think um, there may be some correlation there, particularly with the arm pain, with the jaw pain, and also with the pain around the chest. I think 
I think she should also consult a medical professional just to tie all those symptoms up. And also to correlate it with exertion, with activity. Is it happening on movement? Is it happening with walking, mm. a predictable distance? Does it improve with rest? Is there associated nausea? Is there associated sweating, etc.? Is there, has, there, has she ever taken a tablet under tongue called isoral, etc.? Has there been any response to that? So ultimately, uh, a good diagnostic workup is required. Yeah. Doc, I think uh, that you did answer these two, even though it came through afterwards. Uh, the one about certain types of medication that can affect the heart. You did uh, talk yeah, the one, about the one medication I, d- I didn't mention was that of what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which is, uh, which is things like brufen, Voltaren, and so on. Because, right. uh, because these, these agents can actually have an impact on salt uh, retention. It can also cause um, you know, elevations in blood pressure mm. uh, and, uh, and so on. So I think, I think patients with ischemic heart disease uh, and you know, angina, patients with high blood pressure should, should always caution mm. with the use of these particular agents, which are quite common because they're used for arthritis, gout, and these uh, conditions afflict a lot of patients with, with coronary artery disease. So How does high blood uh, affect the heart? Well, high blood pressure, it's, uh, if one thinks about it, uh, a pipe, a, a pressure into a, down a, a water pipe, for instance, right. in simple terms. Right. It can cause strain and stress, sheer stress on the, on the within walls the of it, within the pipe. Right. Um, you know, there's certain uh, mathematical equations one can use to actually calculate the, the sheer hmm. strain and stress on these, on these walls. And the same thing happens in the, in the arteries over there. So if you get sheer stress over there, there there's, there's remodeling that happens at the level of the artery. The arteries become thicker. The muscle walls become thicker. There might, there might be inflammation that causes around the, um, what we call endothelial dysfunction. And uh, not only is it a process within the local parts of the artery, but it can be a diffuse all over the body. So in the brain, the kidneys, the eyes, the mm. heart. Mm. Um, all of these organs are linked by arterial b- blood vessels. Right. So uh, any of these blood vessels can be affected. Okay. Uh, Salam, Simvastatin, is it true that uh, a side effect, it gives your joint pains, let your body aches after using it for a long time? And then the person asks, what can I use in the Simvastatin's place? I think you mm. mentioned that. But yeah, I think we've, we've, co- we've covered that question. But mm. just to recap, one could either decrease the dose of the, sim- of the statin, of the Simvastatin, and then, of course, um, check out very regularly at the GP to repeat the, the, the cholesterol levels to see if it's actually having a decent effect. Mm. One can even change the, the medication to a different type of statin and to see whether that is, has any beneficial effect. And then, of course, one can also add another uh, tablet. And, of course, taking the statin at night might also reduce the effect of this, this pain. Um, and then, of course, the, 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 the coenzyme Q10, which, uh, which is often uh, coupled with the statin. We often see if it works. In some right. patients, it works quite nicely. And then, of course, um, if, it's, if it's still very intolerant of patients are intolerant of a statin, there's other options that we've, we've got at our disposal named Isitol right. and other, other agents that we can, can use. Okay. And uh, simvastatin used for cholesterol, and uh, is it effective? Yeah, it's uh, it, it is. It's um, just for the for the for the for the kind of you know people out there who, who just glued to their books and read extensively. It's, it's an HMG CoA reductor inhibitor, and uh, in fact, it reduce it does reduce your cholesterol very effectively. It also has other effects other than reduction in cholesterol. Mm. We call it the pleiotropic effects. Um, it's got an anti-inflammatory type effect. Um, so, in fact, it's a good medication. We give, we, we give it to our, um, I mean, it's, uh, our, you know, I'm of the opinion that obviously di- diabetics should also be on it as well. Mm. Um, if you've had a stroke, you should be on a statin. If you've had um, an ischemic event, a heart attack, one should be on that. If you've got any disease in your blood vessels going to your leg, you should be on a statin, etc. Right, right, right. So right. It's, uh, it's, it definitely has, has, has 
you know, mm-hmm. cardioprotective effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctor, can I ask you, when a person suffers a heart attack, does that leave a permanent scar on the heart, uh, on the heart muscle, that is? Yes. Um, the, quish, the question is, is that when you, one blocks up the artery yeah. um, and there is, there is complete blockage and that blockage isn't, isn't opened again, um, then the tissues supplied by that artery, um, in fact, um, can die and, right. that, and then a scar is formed. Now, and the other the parts around that scar can, in fact, compensate for the loss of that scar over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the heart remodels around that scar, and um, but you know if the artery is opened up in good time, um, and you know you can actually alleviate the that obstruction. But there isn't the a scar. scar. The, uh, this uh, when your artery opens up, inevitably there's a, there's a degree of muscle damage that occurs, right, and right. that degree of muscle damage is all determined by the duration of what we call ischemia. How long has it taken for that artery to open up? Uh, uh. So there's that. Um, so you know tissue takes takes some time to to, to die. And uh, so when one when someone comes in with acute heart attack, time mm. is of the essence. Yeah. Um, either there's a few there's a few options that we have at our disposal. Number one, they're getting there early enough. You can either give them what we call thrombolysis, which is opening up the artery with mm. medications, mm. or we can take them to the cath lab and actually open it up physically, putting a stent. All right. Um, the uh, now there's a certain critical threshold where you know you could either go e- either either way either way and you get a, get a similar mm. outcome. Mm. But with, uh, with 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 advanced time. You know, going to the cath lab is probably the better option. In okay. simple terms, this is a very contentious issue. Oh. Um, and uh, ultimately, you know, time is muscle. That's what it that's right, what boils down right, to. Right, right, mm. right. Talking about the stent, how safe is the insertion of a stent? Mm. Now, there are risks and benefits to, to any medical procedure. Mm. Um, a stent insertion involves a, a puncture into one of the arteries. Right. It uh, could either be via the arm, so I do most of my cases via the arm, or via the leg. So um, when I say via the arm, it's via the radial artery, which All is right. which is the, the arm. It could either be on the left or the right side of the of the body, but oh. yeah, for, for, for simplicity purposes and also for purposes of convenience, I go via the right. Mm. Um, of course, the, the femoral arteries are have historically being the, the access site of, of you know, long-standing um, preferred site. The femoral artery, large artery, artery, femoral artery being by the leg. The, yeah. the upper leg, eh? Absolutely. Right. It's a large artery. It's right. easy to get into um, under most circumstances. Um, of course, the risks of, of an angiogram are that of bleeding. Um, bleeding, blood loss, uh, bruising, hematoma. Would the bleeding yeah. be due to the puncture? Due to the puncture, the, yeah. Due, due yeah. to the fact um, that you're actually making a, yeah. a hole there to put in the, Absolutely. the, the balloon. And lots of other factors. Right. Patients who come in with, the, with a heart attack, uh, you know, we are cardiolo- as cardiologists, we, we try to thin the blood as much as possible. Right. We might have given them heparin. We might have given them lots of aspirin. Mm. Uh, mm. There's other condi- uh, medications called um, clopidogrel. There's mm. other, other types of medications, new ones in the market as mm. well coming mm. out. So the blood is essentially extremely thin you know, right. when patients come in. Right. And you puncture, predisposed to bleeding. Sure. I'm using the word thin for lack of, sure, a, of sure. a better sort of right, word to, right, to get right. the explanation out there. And once you, get, you go up with your, with your catheters, um, little spaghetti-like pipes, mm. there's always a chance of injuring the artery, right. uh, depending on the age of the vessel, right. or, uh, you know, the integrity of the puncture, etc. When I mean, you're going into the heart, Injecting dye in contrast, certain pressure with which the dye comes out, you could easily dissect the artery, um, etc. So those are the risk factors that you always, well, risks um, inherent risks that you always discuss with the patient mm. before doing these things. Mm. Mm. But uh, getting the stent in, it's a fairly in good in good hands. It's a fairly um, fairly safe procedure. Um, it's not the you know that, and I say that with a, with I say that 
with the sense of having done it many times. Mm. But um, of course, you have to have done it many times to, you know, to, to achieve success. Sure. Once you put a stent in, we, we, you know, we essentially we assess the artery under an X-ray type picture, mm. see where the blockage is, and using multiple projections, we can assess the size of the blood vessel, the length of the, the lesion. We can then go under direct vision to, in fact, insert the stent. And mm. stents are, are highly complex. Um, state-of-the-art engineering to produce these microscopic uh, little threads that are that are sort of intertwined that actually elute uh, under most circumstances a certain drug that uh, causes the blood vessel to um, remodel in a in a, in a in a in a more physiological way and um, to keep the stent open for longer. So essentially, the stent will then be like a scaffold in the blood vessel that keeps mm. that ca- allows the blood to transmit through there for many years to come. Yeah. Question. You just said to keep the stent open for longer. Does it mean that at some stage or the other, that stent will actually close? Yeah, it's a, um, it's a, that's a st- the stent. Stents may may reduce in terms of the diameter over time. Okay, yeah, so they will close. Yeah, they yeah. become smaller. I don't want to use the word close. I'm going to say the the little orif- the little lumen, the, right. oh, the opening might with time become slightly narrower right. and uh, the same process happening over that uh, happening in the usual normal arteries mm. in terms of there might be some degeneration that occurs a little mm. bit of cholesterol blocks for lack of a better word mm. lipids that might form around there so within the next couple of years you might require another another procedure mm. over there yeah all right salam doctor please explain what causes an enlarged heart in a 20 year old male and is it something to be concerned about mm. it's a young uh, quite a young male mm. Uh, now the the options they, they also all depends on the on the presentation. Right. Um, I want to know what the background medical history is. Mm. Well, there been any drugs on board, alcohol, etc. Right. As there could be a valve problem or it could be a muscle problem. Has right. there been inflammation of the heart, myocarditis, mm. etc. Has there been a family history of any what we call dilated cardiomyopathy? All right. Has any history of chemotherapy, etc. Yeah. Okay. okay. A female, 55 year old, uh, 70 kilograms, uh, HP, uh, high blood pressure, and cholesterol. On simvastatin, 10 milligrams causes headache and stop using medication uh, that's oh uh, cause headache stop using medication can a person do that mm. I think uh, prior to stopping any medication I think just consult professional advice first mm. uh, whether the simvastatin had been causing the headache uh, not uh, not a very uncommon uh, sort of complaint I haven't heard that much but you know not impossible so I would say I would say that before stopping anything rather just go to a GP and see exactly what else might be causing it is there maybe anything else that can be causing headache what is the blood pressure what is has there been a vast intercurrent viral infection is right. there, hopefully there's no meningitis etc all those life-threatening things need to be excluded as a patient had a stroke etc we have to look at all of these things before just stopping medication all right uh, so I'm after heart therapy our therapy procedure I get more tired than before and get pain over my chest what can it be? A heart therapy procedure. Yeah. Difficult to say what that heart therapy what procedure the therapy you know, was. I, I, yeah, I would, I would all depend on what the therapy was, mm. unfortunately. Mm. Okay. And then the last one for this evening, uh, Dr. Shimon. Salam, uh, Dr. Yusuf, uh, Dr. Yusuf, and Dr. Malfalat. What happens at the time of a heart attack? What must be done for a person that experiences heart attack? Shukran to the doctor for my evaluation. My health is great, alhamdulillah. So it must be one of your patients. Mm-hmm. All right, but the person wants to know what to do when a person suffers a heart attack. So okay. uh, I would think maybe if you're capable, the person himself or herself, or also 
bystanders, family members, whoever. Okay, so Dr. Yusuf, let me tell no, you. No, 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 Mark, no, no, that was just... Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so basically when, uh, when someone is having a heart attack, let's, mm. let's just narrow this down. If someone has acute chest pain, right. someone comes with chest pain, right. we have to assume that it's something to do with the heart. Right. I would say get, get, uh, get, a, get a 300 milligrams of aspirin. Take an aspirin. Put it under the tongue and just call the and call the paramedics to to get there. Right. Of course, it's um you know we, we have to we have to just remain as calm as possible. If there are any bystanders get just triage uh, your your popular your people. Uh, someone get the phone. Somebody should should just uh, get get a list of all the medications that have, that the patient is on. Right. What is the medical history? Get a get a next of kin on the line. Let's get a get a structured uh, plan. Mm. What's going on? Mm. Somebody should be with with a, with a, with a, with the patient to try and um, ensure that that is just the breathing activity happening. Right. Uh, feel the pulse. Uh, try and talk to them. Try and assess the level of consciousness, and then uh, try and relay this over the phone to the mm. ambulance personnel. Um, indicate the the the, the importance, the severity of the condition to get the people there early. I think. Um, out of hospital is uh, uh, um, a cardiac arrest is, is quite a is quite a it's it's an uncommon thing but it does occur and um, it's got a it's got a it's got quite a bad outcome but uh, I think with people trained in CPR and, mm. and etc mm. um, you can still at least something they can do so if a patient were to deteriorate stop breathing right. so heart right stop you can institute CPR but uh, of course some people have to be trained for that right. Um, and then I think uh, once, uh, and to just just to get the patient to an emergency mm. as fast as possible, okay. get the ECG done, and to confirm the presence of a heart attack and institute therapy as soon as possible. Right. When you when you say about uh, remain calm, uh, that would be remain calm for the patient as well as for the people around, because that can also uh, mm. I, I assume can yeah. also cause the patient to become. Exactly. Essentially remain calm for the patient and Mm. also remain calm in order to be constructive around the process. One doesn't want to upset the patient and also the family, etc. You just want to sort of activate the the response uh, in a timeless fashion Mm. and to move as quickly as possible. But I think uh, think, uh, once one starts to panic, you just become less productive and uh, you don't, don't really achieve your goals. Right. I think it goes for anything, really. For anything, of course. Now, um, I did say that's the final question. That was the final question coming by the SMS. But uh, from our side, just once again, if you can just once again give the signs and symptoms of a possible heart attack. Mm. The signs and symptoms. Mm. Signs and symptoms. Patient would, the individual would would usually clutch clutch the chest um, in the typical description. Pain, central crushing tight band-like sensation around the chest right uh, shortness of breath possibly sweating profuse sweating coldness mm. clamminess uh, might feel a little bit dizzy mm. um, pain radiating to the arm excruciating pain it's Specific a arm? impending doom could be left or right arm Any, anyone I've seen it right. before. Yeah, yeah it could even be bi- both arms mm-hmm. but typically the left uh, pain could also be radiating to the back when it radiates to the back it could mean uh, what we call a, a tear in the blood vessel which is a, which is which is also an ominous sign uh, requiring a slightly different type of treatment, but it's mm-hmm. in, the, in the differential diagnosis of some of the chest right, pain. Right. So ultimately, that would be the cause. And then, of course, some, some, some patients could have a sudden cardiac arrest and just keel over. And, okay. and, and the cardiac arrest means the heart stops? Uh, in simple terms, the right. heart stops. The heart yeah. stops. Yeah. The rest of Absolutely. It, eh? All right. Um, just uh, something that came through here, just to, you wanted to know about the heart therapy procedure. The person said it's for asthmatic heart therapy procedure when the person said the person was tired after that mm-hmm. uh, asthmatic yes yeah. there we go it's for asthmatic uh, the heart therapy procedure uh, that's uh, it's 
it doesn't quite make sense there, although I'm trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Uh, the SMS red verbatim, it's for asthmatic yeah. the heart therapy procedures. Yes. It doesn't really make too much sense. Unfortunately, little information to actually answer that with integrity. Right. Sorry about that. Okay. But perhaps we can address it at, a, at, at an alternative uh, time. At can another SMS time. Question again, or another venue. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe they, right. they can call, call in again and you can, you can phone me and tell, ask me what the question is. Well, that, there you go. I will ask the doctor when you call us again, inshallah. But uh, with that, time for us to wrap it up. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Once again, it's been wonderful having you yeah. back here and uh, Ma for having to get you back here, not from us, and of course it's arranged, as you know, yeah, um, the evening when you're on call, because it's actually a, it's a, pleasure. It's a very it's kind of fine, uncomfortable it's situation for you. No, right? no, it's not very uncomfortable. Right. It's a normal situation. Okay, so uh, Dr. Muhammad Iman uh, Hendricks, shukran very much for being here. All the very best, all the success, and I hope you won't be too busy tonight. Shukran. Inshallah. All the very best till we speak again. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu Thanks. That was our guest this evening, cardiologist Dr. Muhammad Shiban Hendrickse. He practices at Gatesville Medical Center. The number there, 021 0216378218019. As well as at Belleville Medical Center, number 021 945 or 48. 021